Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we join you for the last in our episode of Senses. We're doing Feel today, the one we put off the longest because how do you do feel? as an audio podcast. (laughs) Very challenging, yes. We are sitting, let's start with what we're feeling right now. We're sitting on the steps of a church called Sant'Agostino, St. Augustine in Rome. It's sunny. It's a gorgeous day. The sun is shining right down on us. There's a whole bunch of children walking past. Yes. And how are we feeling? Right now, my left eye is running, so that's kind of annoying. What about you? Well, I'm also still having allergies. I feel like they will never end, to be honest feeling a little pressed for time because as we record this the time is ticking down when Tiffany has to leave to go do a tour. What tour are you doing? Today I'm doing a walking tour of the center of Rome. All the major sites, at least the sort of outdoor ones in the center of the city and some lesser known places. So when you're putting these tours together, since we're talking about feel, are you trying to give people a certain feeling about the city? Are you hoping to instill a certain something? specifically? Specifically a feel? I don't know. I've never thought about it that way. I like to distill in people a sense of the continual uninterrupted history of Rome, which is one of the things that fascinates me the most. And so that I really try to instill in people, but I've never thought of instilling the ambiance of Rome. Maybe I should do that. I feel, since I took that tour, the tour that you're giving this afternoon, it made me feel like all of a sudden I was seeing the underlayer of the city. The feeling, I guess, was inspiration and the desire to know more I got from that tour. But it also felt, you know how sometimes when you visit a new city, it can feel pretty exhausting after a few days, even if it's the most amazing place you've ever been, because you're constantly walking around, looking at things, thinking, what is this? What is that? And trying to find good food to eat and not knowing where to go. And it's exhausting, right? Traveling is exhausting for sure. So there was something about your tour as a way of kicking off the time that made me feel like I got through all that, even though I still didn't know where to eat. (laughs) I got through all that and had gotten into the deeper layer of the city instantly. Well, thank you. That's a great compliment. That's what I hope to do. See, and I'm not even a person who's always get the audio guide and get the tour guide, but it really is helpful as giving a context to what you're seeing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I it's funny because before I became a tour guide, I as well was never the type of person who would have hired a tour guide. But now that I am a tour guide, it's funny. I, I know, for example, particularly when I used to do tours of the Vatican, I can tell people in all honesty, if you go, it's, it's not, it's, I'm not biased. If you go to the Vatican without a tour guide, you're going to get a fraction of what you would have gotten if you'd gone with a tour guide. And knowing that, now when I go to foreign cities. I don't always do a tour, but if it's a big enough site, I try to. Or if I go to a big city, I try to do a city tour, just an overview. You totally get into the um, the feel of the the city or, the, like you said, the underbelly, the, the behind the scenes. I think when it comes to feel for Rome, or let's not even talk about Rome. Let's talk about how does it feel to be an expat? Do you feel out of place? Do you feel... You're always missing something. I still feel after 10 years that I'm always missing something. There's something going on that I'm just never completely grasping, whether I'm watching a movie or the television or just at the table with my in-laws having a conversation and I'm not getting all the jokes. Is that because of a language barrier or is that just because 
you're not culturally from here and so you don't get those oh, I think I think it's mostly language yeah oh, okay but I mean do you think that the culture has anything to do with it in the United States we could all joke about I don't know the Oliver North trial or something <laughs> nobody <laughs> jokes about the Oliver North trial what could we all joke about <laughs> I don't know the Simpsons maybe well I was trying to think of something that would have happened anyway doesn't matter Some, something that on, that only an American could understand yeah, okay you can joke about Bill Clinton's indiscretions. Okay, we can do that for the rest of our lives. It's not funny, and it's getting old, but at the same point, it's a common reference that we all have, and since you haven't grown up here, maybe you're missing some of those cultural touchstones also. Oh, Is that possible? I think that's definite, definitely. I mean, it would be impossible not to miss some of the cultural references. But I have a question for you, actually. How has the way you feel here in Rome changed over the time you've been here? Because you've been here for a good amount of time now. Not just the changes that we've talked about in previous podcasts with your own introspection and, and your own personal path, but I mean specifically the way it feels to be an expat. It's interesting because I listen to some of the early podcasts now, episode one, two, three, and I sound so <laughs> insecure that I don't know what's going on or I, I'm always making fun of myself because I make so many mistakes and foibles and uh, so I feel different than that. I feel more confident now I think and more like I belong here to my own degree. I don't know that the Romans would agree that I belong here but I feel like I do that I'm holding some sort of place here. And one thing I've noticed about being an expat versus being a tourist which is what I usually am you do feel like you're in a club that the tourists are not in. It's almost like you forget that you're kind of a tourist because... Well, you're not a tourist. Technically, you're not a tourist. Yes, but I, I'm not here you're for... Not a, you're not local, but you're not a tourist either. But I'm not here for very long, so to any other tourist, I'd probably look like a tourist. Except that I'm walking faster and pushing them out of the way. And I feel sorry for the tourists. I feel sorry for them in the way that they have a limited period of time here and they have to go 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 every single day see as much as they can check off all the things on the checklist make sure they get to the Trevi Fountain make sure they see the Colosseum before they have to go home and I also feel sorry for them because they have to go home their week will come to an end or their three days or their three days that they have to leave that they don't get to stay they have to go back to wherever it is that they're from and feel privileged that I get to stay Seeing as I'm not going to get to stay, ultimately, sometimes I can relate to them, and sometimes I feel like, well, at least I'm still here. They all have to leave on Sunday, but I'm still here. That's, I'm very happy to hear that. I mean, as someone who loves Rome so much, it's nice that you feel that way. Because I think when anyone comes to your city, even though we're from the same hometown, comes to live in your city, you kind of feel protective of it. You really want that person to like your city, too over this year that you've been here, every time something kind of negative happens to you or to your husband or something difficult, as things do when you're in a foreign place, things happen and I'm always worried. I hope that they're still happy here. I hope that they're liking it. I hope they're not regretting that they came. And to hear you, and I've, you know, I've obviously I've heard this from you a lot over the past few weeks, that you're really regretting that you have to go back and you've really had an amazing time. So I'm very happy to, to hear that, even though I'm sad that you're feeling sad about it, obviously. Well, I'm sad that you're feeling sad about oh, it. Oh, well, I'm feeling sad that you're sad that I'm sad that whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, I also wanted to say, based on just from what you just said, 
I totally get what you're saying. Oh, I feel bad for the tourists because they're only here for three or four days. But maybe they feel like that about people who visit their town. You know, maybe New Yorkers look around and say, oh, I feel so bad for these people rushing from the Empire State Building to the Statue of Liberty. They just don't get it. They can't get New York in five days. It's impossible, and it is impossible. Well, maybe that's part of what it feels like to be in love with where you are, to be in love with your home, wherever your home may be, even if it's a small town, that you feel bad if other people don't get it or that they're missing out or they don't get to live here. They have to go back to New York City. Oh, how exhausting. (laughs) I get to go back to my house on the little hill that overlooks the valley with the mountains in the distance and sit in my hot tub. I feel bad for those New Yorkers who have to pay up the nose for a little tiny apartment. I think that's the thing. Like, If you're in the right place, you probably feel sorry for the people who aren't there. Um, Yeah. Or maybe not sorry for, but maybe it's more of a feeling of why wouldn't you want to live in a place like this? Yeah. I, I, I had some tourists on a tour last week, and the very first thing I asked them was, how do you like Rome? And they were, they were not impressed because they hadn't seen anything but the Spanish Steps. That was the only area of town that they had seen. Of course, during the course of the three hours, they fell in love with Rome, at least in their little way, obviously. You need more than three hours. But my mission as a tour guide is to help people see it and try to get it. Yeah. For some reason, this is reminding me of an old debate that me and my sister used to always have, that was our fundamental difference, which was I lived in the city and she lived in the country. And I was always like, I don't know how you can live in the country. Everybody's so closed-minded. Everybody knows each other's business. How can you stand it? And she would say, I don't understand how you can live in a city. You know, it's so loud. There's garbage everywhere. There's people everywhere. You can't get away from anything. There's not a moment's peace. There's no nature. And we had this ongoing debate for years and I'm finding that as we get older I'm starting to think hmm, living somewhere with more nature Rome is the opposite of this really but living with somewhere with more nature might be fun I could see doing that that might be very relaxing I could have a little garden I could have a dog I could have a duck pond so we might be on the road to switching places we'll see really but maybe this is part of us feeling adult <laughs> I'm trying to tie it back to feel this has nothing to do with feel really it has to do with well, being a country mouse or a city mouse but I, think, I think that everything we've been talking about does have to do with how you feel about where you live or um, the kind of feeling you're trying to create in your life maybe a feeling of adventure versus a feeling of peace yeah I definitely crave nature more now that I'm getting older but I don't know if I could live in the country I like the idea of it and I think for a week I would be really happy <laughs> But after that, I would be, get me out of here. Even at the beach, I can't handle it more than a week at the most. I need to do something. I need life. I need busyness around me. I can't be in a place that has no artistic heritage or culture. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't live. If you did move to the country, where, like, are you, do you have any thoughts in mind? Are you thinking about a specific place or is it just a vague idea? Very vague. Because I still don't know that I can commit. But for me, it's a cultural thing that I'm afraid of. Because in America, and I don't know what it's like here, but in America, sometimes small towns tend to be very, whatever town you're living in, the thinking is very similar there. Everyone's similar? Everybody thinks similar. In that town, okay. I mean, that's not to say that there aren't variations. And you can find liberal small towns, and you can find conservative small towns. You can find both. But generally speaking, it seems to be that People have been there a long time. They have a similar way of thinking. The evolution seems slower to me. Mm. Also, I really don't like gossip. It's my one thing. I hate knowing what other people's opinions of 
people that might be my friends are. <laughs> I can't, I, what do I care what their opinions are? And I just, I hate that. And it seems like in small towns when people don't have as much going on that's outside of themselves, everybody knows what's going on with oh, everybody for sure. else. I mean, it's, I've never lived in a small town, but I can, I can see how it would happen. I mean, if you live in a town with a couple thousand people, you're always going to keep seeing the same people over and over again. And so not everyone, but some people are going to start interesting themselves in what their fellow humans are doing. Since they're only seeing one or 2,000 of the same people all the time, they don't have anything better to do. Yeah, no, that scares me too. And it can be a great thing. If I had cancer and I lived in a small town and everyone knew me, it stands to reason that a lot of people would rally to help me. If I couldn't pay my medical bills, for example. Sure. If I was a liked member of town. So it does have its appeal in those ways that yes. the city's anonymity doesn't have. But I also like the influx of a lot of different ideas, both liberal and conservative and historical and, you know, all these different ideas that flow into a city and out. It's hard to commit to living without that. For sure, for sure. I've, I've had the same exact thoughts. In my mind, think, oh, how I would have loved to live in a quaint little medieval town. How fun would that be? All the beauty, not all the beauty of Rome, clearly, but a lot of the same type of beauty of, you know, the beautiful Renaissance and medieval architecture in just a much smaller version with less traffic and less noise and less all of this stuff that I don't want. But when I think about the old ladies watching me and reporting back to whoever, to my priest, that I, you know, they saw me with a male friend, let's say, and I'm married and I'm hanging out with a guy friend. and You know, that's, that, that's terrifying. Yeah. You know what I feel? What I feel like feel? you're going to be late for your tour. I feel like I have to go. Uh, well, this is a shorter episode, but, you know, feel is tough. And if you uh, have ideas of how you'd like to take this on, feel free to email, <laughs> email us. We can do it all over again. Yes. But anyway, for now, so that Tiffany doesn't ruin her reputation by not being there on time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Barks. Join us again. We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at mail.com.